Good morning, Believers Church. Would you stand with us? Welcome to our Christmas Eve service in the morning. We're so glad to be here. Merry Christmas to everyone. Let's worship our newborn king with songs that have been sung for hundreds of years. Yeah, we come to you now, Jesus, ready to celebrate your birth. Thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you for coming.
Let's invite you right now. Let's just receive God with us. Whatever you've brought into the room, brought to the parking lot today, anxiety, whatever the thing is, that we can rest now. We're in the presence of the God who loves us in Jesus Christ. So Lord, I ask that there just be this moment of relief in our hearts, that you are the one who initiates. You're the one who chases us down. We don't have to frantically climb some kind of spiritual ladder to get to you. But you've come to us. And so we receive you here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before you are seated, I'm going to ask you to scooch closer to the people sitting next to you. We're, we're a little short on seating. So I'm pretty sure everyone's nice. They have good intentions, so as you're seated, if you could get close to the person next to you to make room for other people, that'd be great. For any brave souls, there are seats on the front row right here. You got to be brave. But, and we've got some extra seats we set up over here, friends. If anybody wants to sit over on this end here. So glad you're here this Christmas Eve morning. As you're all getting seated, I'll just ask if you could, how, how many how many people are here from out of town today? If you could raise your hands. 
Well, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Welcome to, to the unpredictable Tulsa weather. Nothing like a rainy Christmas Eve. And for all we know, it'll be snowing tomorrow. We just don't know. That's the way it is in Tulsa. Yeah, somebody shushed me. Okay. <laughs> well, if you've not been to a Christmas Eve uh, service at Believer's Church, we, we just do something really simple. Our goal is to look at the scriptures that, that articulate exactly what Christmas is, of God coming to us in Jesus Christ. And so there's going to be some standing and sitting so, so you will, you'll get a little bit of exercise today. We'll stand when we sing, sit. We're going to have various family members just come and read the scriptures together. They'll be on the screens. But what I, I want to ask, just invite you to do, is just let Jesus meet you. Jesus meet you now. The God who came to us now is still coming to us by His Spirit. And, and so we want to let the Holy Spirit cut through nostalgia or expectations of a season, like this season's a little overwhelming, isn't it? Like all the expectations, you know, whatever. But to let Jesus himself, by the Holy Spirit, cut through it and meet us, coming to us today in the way he needs, we need him to meet us today. Does that sound good? Okay. I'm going to invite the Shepherd family to come on up. They're going to be the first to read. Their name is the Shepherds. And they're reading on Christmas. Isn't that amazing? It's just working out so beautifully. So I'll set the context for what we start. The context for where we're, we're going to start with the prophets today. And we remember the story that why did God make humanity? Is it, It's because he wants to be with us. He wants to share himself with us. He made us to be his image on earth. The, vis, the visible visual representation of God himself on earth, God king of all creation, and through us, tending the earth. The only challenge was, this was all about us being under his leadership. And so at the very outset, we as humans, using our wills, decided we'd rather run this show ourselves. And so we sinned. We broke relationship with God. But here's what's crazy about God. If you're wondering what God is like, if you're wondering what God thinks about when you screw up, look at the, 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 the beginning of the whole story. We rebelled against him, and what did he do? He went to the most expensive lengths to win us back to his heart. If you're ever wondering what God thinks of you, he's the pursuer. He's the one who wants us, even when it's our fault. He wants us. And so he begins, in the Old Testament, we read with this one guy, Abraham, said, through you, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. And, and so fast forwarding through Abraham's family, God continues to speak, saying, even though this very family is struggling to be obedient to him, to stay in relationship with him, he sends these guys, the prophets, through the Holy Spirit, speaks to them to talk about the king that's going to come and reestablish his Rain. The king is coming. That, that's, uh, that's our version of a Hammond B3 organ happening during the preaching. That's about as good as we're going to do here with that. Well done, Brian. Thank you. <laughs> so we're going to start with the prophets, and the shepherds are going to read from the prophets predicting the king Jesus 
coming. Go ahead, guys. Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6. For the, key, for the time is coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. He will be a king who rules with wisdom. He will do what is just and right throughout the land, and this will be his name. The Lord is our righteousness. In that day, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. Isaiah 7, 14. All right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Would you stand with us in anticipation of the coming King?
You may be seated. Isaiah 9, 1 through 2. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulon and Naphtali will be humbled, and there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. For a child is born unto us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and his peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Micah 5, 2 through 5. But you, O Bethlehem of Athra, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel will come from you, one whose origins are from the distant past. The people of Israel will be abandoned to their enemies until a woman in labor gives birth. Then at last his fellow countrymen will return from their exile to their own land, and he will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength. In the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Then his people will live there undisturbed, for he will be highly honored around the world, and he will be the source of peace. Stand with us as we sing.
About 2,000 years ago, the promises that God made through his prophets became a reality. The longing of creation for a savior was fulfilled as God showed up on the scene in a town called Nazareth. Luke 1, 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever, for his kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's now in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Stand with us again.
Matthew 1, 18 through 23. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Luke 2, 1 through 20. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. All returned to their ancestral towns to register for this census in Judea. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who is now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel has told them. Stand with us as we sing.
going to remain standing as we stand in this moment. We know that our separation from God, the best, one of the best ways to describe it is being in darkness. We know what it feels like to be separated, to feel alienated, to feel like we're in darkness. But as we've been singing about this Jesus that's come, you don't have to understand everything. You just need to look and see that as the prophet said, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And then Jesus, as he walked the earth, said, I'm actually that light. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Can that hit the deep places of our souls where there's maybe, maybe unexpressed hopelessness? There's dread. There's fear of what might be out ahead. Could we believe that Jesus coming in this moment is light to every bit of darkness? And there's just not a corner in our soul, in our relationships, and in the world itself that is safe from the light of Jesus. Could we open ourselves to that right now? We're going to do this little sacramental act embodied act of the light of Jesus being represented in this candle, this last candle of Advent. And we're going to pass this flame throughout the congregation. Now's the time for you to use your candles if you want to grab those. going to do now as we've passed out the light. It's such a beautiful symbol. We're going to dim the lights now and sing together. And if you, even if maybe it doesn't help you to sing, you can just think, is it possible that Jesus will light every dark corner of my heart, every dark corner of my life experience, every dark corner of a world that's broken, that Jesus has come. He is the light. Let's sing together.
So in this moment, we have the same choice that the very first people did who saw this baby, Jesus, was to decide, are we in? Do we receive him or do we not? Do we receive this one who claims to be the light of the world, to illumine our darkness? So if today, whether it's for the first time or as an act of renewal, we could say together that we receive him. Let's say the phrase, we receive you. We receive you. Jesus, you've heard us. And we say, come and take room in our hearts. We ask that Christ would be formed in us. We ask that by the power of the Spirit, you'd strengthen us that the, so that Jesus would live in our hearts through faith. And together, being rooted and grounded in love, in this season, we'd be able to comprehend the height, the breadth, the width, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses all knowing, and that we and our families will be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. If you go ahead and gently blow out your candles. We are so grateful to celebrate with you guys today. Have a wonderful Christmas Eve and Merry Christmas.